Well, hello, and welcome to the Press the Action Button podcast, where one... You, the master of unlocking... And one... demons, out! Talk about video games. <laughs> my name is Newman. And my name is Yusuf. <laughs> or Terrible Demon, as you're also known. How the hell are you, Yusuf? I'm very good. I'm, um, I'm excited to do this episode. An absolute um, fan favourite of Resident Evil 1. Yeah. Some people don't like when you call the original games one, you know. I, I'm not a snob like that, but I mean, it's just called Resident Evil, Yusuf. I mean, all right. Off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's this, been like 15 of them, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, that's true. But um, yeah, wonderful, wonderful game. Uh, one of my real favorites, great memories of it. Yeah, well, yeah, we'll get into all that. But um, how have you been? I've been good. I've been doing all right. I mean, same sort of buzz. It's lockdown, so same old thing. Um, I've been watching Arrested Development again. Have you ever seen Arrested Development? I have not. It is hilarious. It's so, so funny. It was a bit before its time. So it was came out like early 2000s and they did three seasons and it's so good. But then it kind of fell off. People it didn't get good ratings. And then 15 years after it finished, people were looking back at it going, Sorry, this is one of the funniest shows on TV. So then they tried to bring it back. When they brought it back, it didn't work out too well because everybody who was in it was kind of was so famous now that um, it was difficult to get them all on to shoot it. But they didn't uh, have to hide the fact they hate each other now because they stayed enough money in the bank. I think it was just because, like you know, like Michael Sarah's in it as just like a kid, and then Michael Sarah was like a leading man in loads of stuff. You know what I mean? Michael Sarah. Yeah. His surname is Sarah. C E R A. Now you pronounce it. Oh, right. Okay. I thought yeah. you were like, you know, you know, S A R A H. I never even heard of him. You, oh, my God, you, man. Michael <laughs> Sarah. Did you ever see Superbad? Yeah. 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 The guy from that. Oh, the main guy. Yeah. Superbad. Someone Is he overweight? Guy? No, you're thinking of um, Jonah, Jonah Hill? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. The tall skinny I guy. think, yeah, no, yeah. I always mix him up with uh, Napoleon Dynamite. Oh, yeah, I see what you mean. Yeah, I mean, that's the same kind of awkward, you know, skinny character. Um, yeah. but I've, been, I've been watching that a lot. That's really, really good. Um, and I've also been playing video games, quite a few. You lucky bastard. I have not, <laughs> my, every console I have is just a layer of dust over it as I, you know, reflect in misery of the lack of video games I've gotten to play for the last to be you. four weeks. Anyway, go on. Why don't you tell us what you've been doing since you've been having such a great time there? Well, I've been putting in all the hard work, playing loads of games while you haven't, um, lifting mm. for two. So I had finished uh, Yakuza, Zero, Yakuza Zero, which I got last week, which I absolutely loved. Really, really enjoying that. Definitely think I'm going to get uh, like, like a Dragon when it comes out. I don't know if I'm going to go through all the others because I'm, st- I'm a bit of a dilemma in it where like there's so many of them. I don't want to kind of go one two three four five because i know they've come out for a long time but then i i know the better ones are going to be the later ones because if because the original ones came out a long long time ago but I, yeah. i'm gonna not really know what's going on i don't want to skip all the story of that stuff as well is this all uh one long story yeah except for oh. uh, i believe like a dragon isn't that's different because that's um a different like rpg sort of one um yeah. similar vibes and Zero, which I played, was a prequel. But then the others are, uh, yeah, I believe it's all the same family kind of going along the place. 
No, very good. Yeah. I do like when they do that. It's it's uh, the opposite of lazy writing, you know. If you have to keep a whole story linked into each other, very well, good. From, from what I've seen from Zero, it's really really good. So I played that last week, and I love that. And then I continued my ongoing, very happy games uh, gifts from Christmas by playing Resident Evil uh, Biohazard. So very good, and uh, it's brilliant. This is Resident Evil Seven. Uh, yeah yeah brilliant really really good like a horror film in in the best kind of way um okay brilliant the way this series and I was, well, I'm, I'm quite happy now that we're able to talk about this you know resident Evil one now it's just you know capcom do some shit um they do some shit with resident evil games sometimes but the way they have redesigned this series again and again is just unbelievable like it doesn't feel yeah. like it doesn't feel like a resident evil game at all um mm-hmm. But it, like it, I'm not disappointed in it because it's just it does what the original one tried to give, where it's scary. Mm. Um, you know, like I, I I was thinking that we've been giving Capcom such a hard time, well, a, a deserved hard time. I'm gonna say because yeah. they've just done some you know ridiculous things. So uh, I'm glad that we can actually talk about something that they've done they've done well. So I'm glad that they they've gone back uh, to that with seven as well. So yeah, well, this, this is done. Very, very well. Um, so, like a big part of this is that's kind of designed to be in uh, PSVR, which I didn't get to play in, in VR. I don't have a VR headset, um, but it is all first person, and you can just see the detail of what they did. And really, really simple things like you're in this, you know, you're in the creepy Baker house, and you open the fridge, and there's like the house has been maybe abandoned for years, and these like sickos are living there. So when you open the fridge, it's just like this long like string of like mold and fungus and goos connecting the door together. But the detail of that in VR, it's just like, oh no, this is disgusting. I don't want to be here. I don't want to look at this. That's um, brilliant. Or like one of the first things that happens is like you, you're kind of like tied to a chair to try to feed you this food. Don't ruin it for me. This, well, this is, this is like the intro. Like, all right, know, go on. You know, they try to feed you this stuff and it's all like rotted, horrible food. You know, Jesus. they're gonna put it into your mouth, and you know it's bad enough in first person. But I imagine in VR, you know, you're trying to turn your head away and get away from them and doing stuff. So it's um, very good game. Yeah, not not very long yeah. as well. So this is one that oh, you play. Okay, great, great. You finished it? Yeah, I finished it. Oh God, right, fair play. Yeah. No, yeah. I think uh, as you know, I sold my uh, VR headset to go down my retro gaming kick, which is now most of it is in my attic, but. Um, <laughs> And in my mother's house, but um, uh, I, this is a game that I would have loved to play in a VR. Yeah. Do you know? Do you ever see that at the Capcom building in Japan? Pictures of it. No. Like they have, they have like the Capcom logo on the side of the building. It's like this really high building. Whenever I see it, I just imagine, you know, Tyrant in the printing room, you know, <laughs> swimming shark in in the canteen. <laughs> <laughs> So, you it's know. actually a documentary series of games nobody realized. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm sure it's not like that at all, but one can dream, huh? Um, but like, I mean, they've done, look, they've done a good job. They've done a really good job here. So I, I, I played it and I finished it in about, like I did about 10 hours or so. Some people can do it in eight, but I did it in 10 because I'm terrified and I'm creeping around corners and, you know, also because I like to, scavenge and make sure i get everything just because i you know I, I i hate if i'm going down two paths and i accidentally choose the right the main path straight away i'm like oh shit i gotta go back now and yeah oh, they lock that door off i hate that 
So I want to know what's in everything. Um, and I'm guessing you don't play as like a Jill or a Chris or it's just a randomer. New guy, a new guy named Eaton. Eaton. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I, I would tell you about it, but if you, if you don't want to know, if you think you're going to play it, then... I will play it, but just not in VR. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, like it does keep some of its mad, mad resonant stuff. So this isn't this isn't a spoiler, but there's just like there's a bit in it where you're like fighting somebody, something, right? And um, you get like your leg cut off, and I was just like, you know, when you watch like a jackass film or something, yeah, and it just makes you do that sort of this is horrible, but I'm laughing kind of thing. Yeah, like oh god, what is this? Like it has that loads of those moments where. You know, and I'm playing it, and it cuts like it cuts my leg off. And I'm like, oh my god, what the hell is this? And like, I'm not dead though, uh, so I'm like, what does this mean? And like, you have to pick up your leg that's on the ground like an item, and then oh god, it was like a first aid kind of kit on it to put it back on, and like he just like pours it over like his stump, and then like sticks the foot back onto it. Oh, and Jesus, then, and like they're Capcom, so they're you know they're they're having a laugh with it as well. So even when he's yeah. doing, he's like, what the hell? And then he can walk around fine again. <laughs> so, that's brilliant. Yeah. Now, the only reason why I'm saying that is because I've seen the playthrough of it and that never happened. So this could easily not happen to you. Oh, okay. So, is, so it's the optional part. Yeah. Like, and it's not even like it's optional. It's just like if a certain enemy happens to hit you in a certain way and do this thing. Oh, okay. Okay. This, this can happen. So that's uh, brilliant. So you, so you could easily miss this, but it's just because I had no idea this was coming. And I'm just like, what the hell is this? He's like, my leg is off. And like, I'm picking it up like an item and I'm like, you can rotate it around. You're like, what the hell do I do with this? Because like, I'm on the ground and I'm bloody. I'm trying to heal myself, but it won't work. I'm like, why not? And I pick up the leg and now I can heal myself. So, because you can't stick your leg back on if you don't pick up your leg. You know? That's fantastic. That's like um, in, in the Wolfenstein games where Blaskowitz just seems to survive absolutely everything <laughs> all the time. Like grenade goes off in his mouth and he's still grand. His head gets chopped off. He's grand. It's like, oh, fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> when, I remember when I was playing um, Wolfenstein 2, for some reason, uh, my switch froze right at the bit where like they cut off his head. So... Mm. I, it just died. It ended there for some reason. I had to restart it. And then I replayed it again. I'm like, sorry, hey, what's going to happen here? And then I didn't see like a drone catches his head and then brings it back to a new body. So um, <laughs> I was really surprised when that happened because I did it all twice. <laughs> yeah, no, I love that. I love those games. Brilliant. Um, so I finished that and now I'm playing a new game. Mm-hmm. Dark Souls 3. Okay, and? Um, it's very good. It it just, it, you know, it has that challenge, right? It's just it, that really good way of, like, I like it a lot more so far than Dark Souls 1 because it's just, it's a lot quicker. You can move around much better in it. It looks a lot better. It's just, you know, I feel a bit more like I've got freedom in how I want to do things rather than, you know, it's just there's different kind of fighting styles a bit more. Um, and I'm, yeah, I'm enjoying it. It's quite good. Um, once again... Freedom of dying. That's what you mean. <laughs> I've, died, I've died a few times, you know, but it's like, I, I've, I'm playing this game because I watched somebody do um, a YouTube series. These guys, they do, uh, it's called Prepare to Try um, and they go mm. and they did them all. Um, and they do Dark Souls 1 and Dark Souls 3 and then they moved on. They set their own company later on. But because you see this and you, there's this one guy who knows them so well and he explains what's going on that makes me like the games a lot because I understand the detail that's there if I'd never watched them I would bounce off this game so quickly 
Yeah, yeah. No, it's, I love when you see, like you were saying before about like Tifa's battle style in the Final Fantasy VII remake. When you realize there's that level of depth in 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 something, it like it's like it changes the game completely. Yeah, and that's actually a big reason why um, I think the first Resident Evil is like one of the best games ever because everything is like a chess move. You know, mm. like your your rations are a chess move. Your ink ribbons are a chess move. Your ammo is a, is a chess move. Is a chess. Yeah. I said rations. I meant herbs. Yeah. Your ammo. You know, everything is a choice. Am I going to do this? Am I going to pick up this key and not have space in my inventory for this? Am I going to come back for this? It's like constantly gives you all these decisions. So I think uh, when, you, like I'm saying, when you get into like a level of depth of the game, where you're like, okay, I see what's happening here. It, it makes it enjoyable in, in yeah. a different way. Yeah. So yeah, I know what you mean, and that stuff is really like that is a big part of of, of those Resident Evil games um, where sometimes it's like right I've got too too many shotgun bullets but I need to pick up this puzzle piece to keep going should I just fire them and drop them or will I try and go back go by the dangerous enemy again possibly use more than two and stuff and it's just that that thing of making you have to you know you feel comfortable when you've got loads of ammo and making you sometimes not pick up something or have to go and you know weigh it out in your head is it actually worth to use it up here and then what's going to be around the corner so yeah they never fire them yusuf never fire them you have to save them i wouldn't know i'd absolutely go back i'd, I'd spend 10 <laughs> minutes circling back a safe way put it back in come back again like and um, so you've been you've played anything yet no i've played nothing i have not touched a game pad i've not touched a game a, a switch and not even played a game on my mobile i've done absolutely nothing i've been yeah. And I'm sick of listening to myself say this, so I can't believe anyone else how they feel, but I'm just so busy at work. I mean, I literally had no time to look at this game until this morning, and I was like, okay, I better better do something. So, well, do you hear that, listener? Even we are sick of our own podcast right now. So, we're yeah, it's up for you because I've, because finally after New Year, there's a lot of news. Is that so? Well, I've got news for you. You're mine now. You belong to me. So. First things first, talking about Resident Evil. You're the realist? I'm the realist. <laughs> first things first, I'm the realist. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Um, what song's that? Izzy, what's her name? Iggy? Iggy is Iggy, Yeah, Iggy is Iggy, yeah. Iggy is. Oh, yeah. <laughs> She's from Australia. What's she doing with that accent? <laughs> but just the fact that like she made her name uh, rhyme with Biggie, so she just takes all of his dig. She's even like Iggy, Iggy, like where he says Biggie. <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah. So Resident Evil news is coming out. So they just released a bit of Resident Evil 8 stuff, right? And they mm-hmm. leaked this with the announcement that they're going to do a big sort of event next week. Where they're going for the to... retro station, <laughs> <laughs> not that, but there's, in, there's indications that well, one, they're going to show a bit more about Resident Evil 8 or Resident mm-hmm. Evil Village, as this one's called, and they're also going to maybe re- reveal a remake of Resident Evil 4. They believe that's the next thing they're going to be doing. Meh, so why well, I mean Resident Evil 4 is a pretty oh, good no, that is a good one, but I was so disappointed by three. I, I don't have high hopes, yeah. I mean, I'm hoping at least with four is that. See, three is kind of a weird one anyway, because three was meant to be on a different console and stuff, and then mm. it was because of agreements they had to do and do whatever. So hopefully, with like well, with four, you can't just reuse all the assets from two and three. It's completely different place, you know. Mm-hmm. True, true. So like, there's not even zombies really in four. So that's true. Yeah, yeah. Um. So we see whatever whatever they kind of go with it. Oh well, I mean that's something that that's believed they're going to do. But so far, we've seen some stuff from Resident Evil Eight. So I assume you haven't seen any of this now. Nope. So, uh, very 
odd. It almost looks like there's kind of werewolves are the enemies. Um, looks similar style to Resident Evil 7, which is very good. It's first person. It's kind of a creepy, similar kind of silent still, silent hill, sorry, horror kind of thing. Um, there's like some sort of giant vampire woman that is getting a lot of attention on the internet. <laughs> giant vampire woman. It's like, you're just, you're like sitting, or the camera is like a, a point of view and you're like in this room or whatever. It's like a really, really short clip. And then this woman has to like duck so low under the door, you know, almost like a Mr. X retirement thing, but Ooh. not like muscular, just like huge, like a giant. Um, and then like she's dressed in like all kind of Victorian kind of garb and stuff. So it's very uh, weird. So people are like, all right, what is this? Like, where are they going with this game? It looks It's a f- first person again or? Yeah. Yeah. Oh wow. Looks okay. very similar to uh, Seven in that kind of like real detailed world kind of thing. Um, so I don't know what way they're going to go with it, but it looks good, and they deserve the opportunity again because look, the Tree remake was a bit of a disappointment, but like the last few Resident Evil games I've played, Seven just the other week, and then the two remake were absolutely brilliant. So mm-hmm. yeah. okay, uh, I'm excited about this. This looks really good. Uh, a little bit more news is that Indiana Jones game has been announced. Mm. I don't really care. I'm not, I'm not. I don't know. I'm not that huge into the Indiana Jones series. Are you? No, no, not really. No. Kind of bat- pipe bypassed our family, didn't it? No. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. It's just I don't know. I was never a big Harrison Ford fan, to be honest. I don't. I don't dislike him, but you know. I wouldn't go out of my way to watch one of his movies. Apart from The Fugitive, that's good. It didn't kill my uh, Tommy Lee Jones. Exactly. I don't care. <laughs> uh, a great Simpsons <laughs> reference of it. Yeah, that's the <laughs> one I'm talking about. After my house, like <laughs> jumps off. Um, so, yeah, so they announced this. It's going to be made by Bethesda. Um, it, this was really was like a teaser trailer, as they're saying. It's just like a view of a camera looking down at like a desk and then you just see like a hat and like a whip and stuff like that. And it's like, where, where are they going to be shown? I don't know. I don't know what it's going to be. Nothing else. No one knows exactly what kind of game it's going to be at all. But I mean, they're going to be doing it. So I don't know. We'll see what happens with it. Okay. Yeah. Um, a bit more news as well is that Persona 5 Strikers, I think if it, it's out very soon, it's going to be on the Switch. So this is a Football Persona game. What? No, not a football game. I thought it was actually because, like, there was a Persona Four dancing game that came out after Persona. So, <laughs> All right, I was joking, but now that you say there's a dancing game, that could be possible. Anyway, so, yeah. So I thought it would. I thought it was. I didn't know what it was. I thought it was going to be a weird kind of game. So I kind of ignored it, and I think I was wrong to do so. Um, because from what I've seen about it now is that it looks like it actually is carrying on directly the storyline of Persona Five. Um, uh, except it's a bit of a cross of a Dynasty Warriors style game. Oh, yes. you've 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 charmed me. You've piqued my interest. And um, yeah, so I, th- I knew that would get you. So that and the Persona Five. So it's kind of a mixture of the kind of open world, uh, open kind of combat system where you're all running around in 3D space. Which, like you know, Persona Five was actually um, turn-based JRPG. So. Um, it seems to have kind of a bit of that stuff. You can still, similar to Final Fantasy VII Remake, you can kind of pause the screen and make some tactical decisions or aim some things, except this seems to be properly unlimited, whereas the Final Fantasy VII Remake, it was like timed. You couldn't really mm-hmm. pause it fully and think out, but you can do in this. 
uh, it looks quite good. It looks quite interesting. So I think I will get that. I like that it's on the Switch as well, because since I've got back, I've played a lot of PlayStation 4 games, which have been brilliant, but I you know, wouldn't mind getting back into the old Switch again soon. So um, Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so apparently that's quite good. So I'm looking forward to giving that a go next. I don't uh, think it'll tempt you, though, because I think you need to have played Persona 5 to really get this. Yeah, well, I, 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 I hope to play it one day. The Japanese, really, like, for such a reserved people... They really like dancing games, don't they? I mean, you say reserved, but like karaoke and stuff is a big thing for their culture. I suppose it is, yeah. Well, but dancing's a different, uh, dancing's different. That's another level, isn't it? Yeah, that's true. I mean, I would, I'd rather not do either in front of a crowd, to be honest. <laughs> did you ever watch that? Well, that's because you can't sing. But did you ever watch uh, to get? Well, you can sing, but it sounds like... Uh, uh, do you ever I watch Takeshi? Like that. <laughs> do you ever watch Takeshi's Castle where they have the karaoke game? <laughs> yeah, I do not understand that one. They don't explain <laughs> what's happening. I don't know why they're getting kicked out for it. Because the the boss, the the quote unquote mob boss, is unhappy with their performance. So if he doesn't like them, they get kicked out. <laughs> but like, is, that, is it just preference? Is he just like Simon Cowell? You know, it's like no, not yeah. for me. All right, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But the thing is, like, so many of them are, like, barely moving and, like, terrified. So, I mean, you know, it's like, if that's how, you know, what they're, like, singing, what they're going to be, like, dancing. But can you imagine thinking, oh, look, I'll give Takeshi's Castle a go. Look, I'll run through the muck and I'll jump over the stuff or whatever. And it's for TV. But, you know, it'll be a bit of a laugh. And then they're like, okay, now you have to sing in front of everybody. And they're like these, always these, like, really old-fashioned sounding Japanese ballads, like, you know. Um, yeah, it's a really weird. I'm just thinking about remember in Simpsons they go to the Japanese restaurant and the guy is singing the karaoke and he's like really like shy and awkward and he's like uh, this one goes out to like uh, my friends and then he goes I was born in the wagon of a traveling show. I don't remember that at all. Is that the is that the one where they win the trip to Japan? No, it's where Homer eats the fugu and he gets poisoned. Oh, that's so old. I haven't seen that in like I don't know how long. Brilliant. He starts singing like really well, like this American accent. He really performed it. <laughs> um, Very good. Yeah. So anyway, some now some sour news, maybe. Dear old dear. Cyberpunk is, so I'm going to probably try and, I'm not like, there's been lots of little bits of cyberpunk news, but I'm kind of sick of it at this point. So I don't want to keep going on about it. But they're saying that they're not really announcing a date, but they're putting a lot of time and effort into making it fully workable on the next-gen consoles. This is a ridiculous story. Like, they're putting a lot of time and work into a game that is already released. It's like, (laughs) it just doesn't make any sense. So they're basically saying it's a PC game, you know, which is like, you weren't saying that before at all. Mm, Right, yeah, yeah. So they're saying, but they're, they're saying second half of this year is when they're kind of expecting it to <laughs> that sounds like the Activision uh, Tony Hawk release it's like let's just put the tutorial on the disc they'll know no different <laughs> you know it's like oh it's it's released uh, <laughs> yeah sure it has a huge amount of bugs but it is released <laughs> there it is yeah I mean I, I can't think of a game that's fallen back this hard I can't think of a game that's been this badly Maybe. Neither can I. And Project Red had, had so much respect in the industry for like the scale of The Witcher and yeah. you know how incredible it was and how 
unique it was and there was wasn't any like repeat quests and like you know the graphics and all that stuff like they had so much like kudos and respect i think they've just destroyed nearly all of that it's it's a shame i think this is i think you know from what i've heard if you've played the pc version it is really good and i think when they get this right it will be really good but not a chance am i buying this until you know at least the the second half of this year until they they go no look it, it is going to run and work how you want it to um yeah. the only other thing i can think of that was similar was final fantasy 15 but the difference I, was i don't they, want to talk about that game yeah so but what they what they did was they just cut content from it yeah, yeah. rather than i mean some things didn't really work but they basically just cut content from it whereas it seems like and i gotta give a bit a little bit of credit to cyberpunk and that they didn't it just it just didn't work so rather than going, okay, no shit, this doesn't work. Just take it out and replace it with something plain. They were they were just kind of going, oh look, it kind of works, but um, yeah, I don't know. So I'm not really going to talk about that. But if you're looking about again, if you think it's going to be good, if you're thinking, oh cool, I'm going to get next gen consoles when they come a bit more available, I would not expect to play this game properly on them until you know you're eight, seven, eight or seven months away. You know? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Usually people say seven and seven or eight. They don't go backwards. Well, I'm glad you brought that up. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's kind of my news. Have you got anything? Uh, well, one of my stories isn't really news, but uh, I had to look up something, didn't I? So <laughs> funny that you were saying about cut content because uh, I watched a YouTube video. And it was relatively recent, not that that means that the news is, is recent, but anyway, it is to me, so you just have to listen to this. But apparently there's a lot of stuff in Final Fantasy VII, the original, that they uh, didn't use. Um, and it's kind of left on the disc or in the game because they were afraid that if they took it out, it would affect all the debugging or whatever they did, the bug fixes for the other parts of the game. Yeah, and there was stuff, isn't it? Yeah, I knew about the bug room now, but there was stuff that I saw this that I didn't know, like stuff on um, like uh, the Honeybee Inn. Right. Like the, there was different screens and stuff. And originally when you went in, there was more rooms. There was two floors. There was like the faces of the girls in the lobby as you went in. There was like a food menu on the right and it showed screens of it. And there was another version of the Aerith um, song, um, her theme tune. There was, It's not great. Um, yeah, it's kind of a bit, it sounds a bit fuzzy and buggy and it's just weird. And then they had, um, they had like some really nice artwork from like, um, you know, the North, is it the Northern Glacier where you get, uh, no, not the crater, the glacier part of it. Remember? A little bit, the icy bits, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, when you're going through there and you find, is it Alexander you find in the snow? Yeah. I remember. I think it is. Um, they had like there's some artwork of some of the caves. And I, I learned that apparently they 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 um contracted that the background images out to another company. And really? that was one of the stills that they did. Yeah, apparently, you know. Um, which is funny as well because like a lot of this no, all of the Resident Evil one had pre-rendered backgrounds as well, which kind of added to the charm, which we'll get into. But yeah. I just thought that was, you know, really interesting that the game, a game that old, is still coming up, uh, stuff about it. Um, what else do I got here? Um, let me see if my uh, thing will work here. Yeah, so uh, Epic Games is suing Apple and Google in the UK. Have you seen this? Have, have you heard about this? I have not. Yeah, because uh, uh, it's okay. Here we go. 
Uh, both Apple and Google have removed Fortnite from their smartphone f- smartphone app stores in a row over the cut of sales they take from developers. So Epic, say, Epic Games claims the two tech giants' uh, rules are in violation of UK competition laws. Um, so we'll guess what the cut is. <laughs> the typical what? cut. 30% cut. Right. Um, when you buy an app subscription or in-app item, goes to Apple or Google. I think that's insane. I mean, they're only using the platform. Like, you know, they've developed the game themselves. They've spent a huge amount. You know, all they're doing is hosting it on a specific platform. Yeah, it, that does sound like a very anti-competitive thing that, you know, I mean, like Apple and Google are too. They're too powerful. and uh, They are, yeah. I know a lot of European laws at the moment are trying to break that apart a bit because it's it's not good. It's not good for damage of monopoly. Um, actually, you know, mom has a Fitbit and she got a, an email there the other day saying that, uh, Google, they now own them. They are partnering with them. Yeah. So it's in that. now all of the information that she has on that, which I mean, look, it's gone to Fitbit anyway, but now Google has it and they can, you know, use it with anything else they want. And it's not I do. I really do wonder. And like, obviously advertising works because like advertising has been around for how long and mm. companies still pay for it. But how you can, if, if you can actually quantify the different, like the amount of money, Google in particular, I'm not talking about Apple here because I think Apple are better, much better. Um, you know, um, how much, how much, how, how, how much it's worth to a company, the data that they're providing them and how much sales they're making in, in addition to what they're giving them. You know, it, I mean, it must, I don't know. Because, I mean, for me, I mean, I, I, I'd be looking at exposure and like how, how, how I'm coming up in searches, how much my stuff is coming up in the shopping thing. But, you know, for whatever their, their market research or whatever else they do, it's just, I don't know. It's just that it's not so much money Google makes. It's, yeah, it's a lot. But it, the thing is, it, it works because it means, so, <clears throat> for example, if they were going to try and sell, if someone was bringing out some sportswear or something like that, right, like a rain coat or something, and they were going to try and sell that to somebody. Mm-hmm. If they're going to show that to me, it's going to be like a complete waste of it. You know, just because it's a, that's just not the way I, I don't really, because I, I'm stupid and I, I don't wear like, you know, climate appropriate clothes, really. Like I'm not going to be like, oh, it's really good for keeping the weather out, you know, keeping the rain out and stuff like that. But for mom would do that a lot because she goes and walks a dog for hours every day. And now they know that. And they know that mom from Fitbit goes and walks the dog at this time every day and um, you know and like you know they can tell that she will on certain days when the weather is good or bad because they have that information as well with the weather they can tell yeah. stuff. so they know if they're going to set if they're going to put money in to show a million people a waterproof jacket that's light that's you know aimed targeted at women it's pointless showing yeah. you and me, but it's way more valuable to show it to somebody like mom and they have that i get you yeah, I get you, but it's like their whole business model is just, you know, now revolves around other people's data. Like, you know, it's just insane. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then anyway, look. Yeah. Um, but like, yeah, so I think, that, like, not going on a mad thing for it, but um, so, you know, the whole Cambridge Analytica thing and the way they use that information to get like Trump and Brexit had to happen. Yeah. Right. So basically, they were saying that through your Facebook likes, right? or your Instagram followers or whatever, but for the example they did, through your Facebook likes, they can tell so much about you, right? So they can look at, so say it was a typical, not typical, an average American uh, voter. They went and they looked at him and they could see that if he liked, for example, NASCAR, 
they could mm-hmm. immediately go, chances are that he is going to vote for Trump. They could tell that mm-hmm. straight away. So they don't have to waste their time and target them anything. They can look at some people and they can see that, you know, sometimes people, they will like really clear political groups. They'll just like, oh, I'll follow this satire page that makes fun of, you know, uh, right-wing Republicans and stuff like that. And then they know we're there's no point we can advertise this stuff to them. It is completely pointless. And they can look at some people who have, you know, they, they like a page which it just doesn't really pay any attention to anything political. Like maybe they follow a newspaper that's only just about sports and nothing about politics. They can go, this person is maybe more left-leaning, but chances are they're not going to vote. So we're going to target them with stuff that says, don't bother voting, it doesn't really work. You know, mm-hmm. like that's the crazy shit. You can tell that so simply by who somebody is or what they're going to do. So you can yeah, well, a I mean, good profile of somebody based off the simplest information. Well, I could do that too. Like, you know, I mean, any, any Liverpool fan is self-righteous and, uh, you know, deluded. So, I mean, that's easy. I can do that for free. How dare you? Know, you? So. How dare you? <laughs> so you're not so proud of your Chelsea sponsorship, are you, Newman? <laughs> Who are we sponsored by? I mean, your association with them, you were very, you were very supportive of them when they were up near the top of the table. But well, I still support, but get Frank out. That's what I'm saying. No, I'm not saying that, Frank. Yes, but yes. I might be very soon. Uh, I mean, he's, so anyway. he's not a great manager. He well, I can't say that yet. Yeah. You know, Looks I read so rumors that they're getting. Hey, that's unfair. He's quite he's quite young on it, but he's got and he is underperforming with that squad. But maybe that's not him. Maybe that's whoever bought loads of players who play in the same position. Yeah, and it's coronavirus time. But listen, enough about this. Let's talk about the T-virus rather than the coronavirus. What do you say? So what do you think of when I say Resident Evil? I have funny memories of this, and I'll tell you why. When I was in primary school, that was the first time I played this game. And the first person I played it with, who shall remain unnamed, uh, lived in a very affluent part of Dublin, which I didn't. He had uh, His father drove a Mercedes uh, he had a huge house with acres of land behind him and he had this miraculous console that I'd never really played called the PlayStation. And on that, he had a game called Resident Evil and it was, and he had a PC as well with Windows, which was unheard of at the time. So I was in this world of, of rich people um, feeling very out of place. You had all that stuff a year later. Yeah, not, but I didn't the at car. this stage. <laughs> the car yeah i don't think we had a windows pc for a while either this was like way early but anyway um yeah so it was uh but i remember sitting down playing this game with him and um just i did i couldn't believe that this was a game you know mm-hmm. because every game that i'd played had been like sonic or street fighter or you know i, I hadn't got a playstation you know i i so everything was pretty 16-bit was the last console generation I'd played yeah. to see a game like this. I didn't think it was a game. It was hard for me to, you know, process. But uh, yeah, being realizing how scary it was, like, and, you know, being afraid of zombies for a long time after that um, and instantly remembering so many things like, like that he told me, like Barry Burton and, um, you know, Wesker and all these, uh, you know, zombies and tyrants and all this stuff. So um, really, and just how scary it was. But again, the scale of it for its time 
um, it was just unbelievable to me. So that that was my kind of memories at the time. When I first it, played it. it was definitely one of the first games I'd ever seen that wasn't stylized. You know, it wasn't cartoony like a Aladdin game on the SNES or Sonic, as you say. Um, or even if you take something like you know the RoboCop game or something that was on a Sega console, like even that was a bit more stylized. You know, it, it was way more colorful in that way. Whereas this was people in a house, whereas nothing was like that. Um, so this game came out when I was six years old. And my first memory of it was our cousins had just got it. And uh, we were watching Tony play it. And he just turned it on, just started it. And the first thing I saw was the first scene of the zombie where like, he <sighs> turns his head around after like eating the thing. And it scared the shite out of me for about five years. I was terrified of zombies. So scary. It's still scary. Yeah. Like that, the, I, there's something about his face and his skin. It's just, it is still scary to me. They got like, from a horror point of view, they got the sense of like dread, the music, the way he slowly turns to reveal. They've got it all down so well. It's just yeah. really, really well done horror game. Yeah, and the thing as well is that it goes into different screens. So, you know, when you run out back, we're like, because the thing was when you first played this game and you're like, okay, here's a zombie. Why do I have control of the character again? You know, like, am I supposed to do something here? Usually you're used to taking out a gun and shooting a zombie and he's dead. Like, you know, well, you didn't even play a zombie game, but like, you know, in any game, you're like, okay, I'll shoot this guy once, he'll be dead. Didn't happen. You know, you shot him once, twice, three, four, five times, nothing. He just kept coming at you. And then you're running out of the screen and you can hear him behind you. You can hear shuffling, like you're going through the doors with the incredibly slow, like loading screens. And it was just, oh, unbelievably good. So like, we'll we'll get into some of that stuff, but like a lot of the technical limitations they had, they did such a good job of making that add to the atmosphere. So the fact that, you know, it was the pre-rendered graphics and it was a locked off camera. So you went to a different screen and then you could hear him, the zombie that was coming up to you, but you couldn't see it. And then he's just coming yeah. closer, but you don't know where he is. You're like, where is he? I don't know where he is. I can just hear this creeping sound. And then you, you know, you get a bit braver and you edge, edge over to the next screen. You go over to it and he's right there in front of you. Then you're like, oh shit, no. Um, same thing with the doors. So the way they loaded between screen to screen was the slow door animation opening, meaning you had no idea. You couldn't peek through a door. You were just in that room. And yeah. If the zombie loaded right next to you, he loaded right next to you. And that was it. Yeah, yeah. It was the dread that the, the, this game had. Yeah. And uh, you never felt safe, you know. And like, nothing is better, you know, when a scary game or movie is set in a mansion like that. You know, like, it's just a perfect atmosphere for like real scares. And yeah. I think after this, you know, they, they did a lot of different things with the games, as we said. But they never got back to this level of of just I think the zombies are the scariest in this game with the way they're dressed, the way they look and the sounds they make, you know, just horrible. I think Resident Evil 7 goes back to that. It goes, um, it brings in some other kind of more modern horror film things. Um, but it, 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 it hits that same, uh, that same feeling. It does a really good job of it. But mm. um, yeah, this game was, it was so good. It was so, so scary. And the fact that you were saying they were so bullet spongy you almost didn't know if you could kill them because you could get a clip and you could just shoot it again and again. It drops and it comes yeah. up again. And this being one of the first games I remember playing where you could actually aim. You know what I mean? The bullets didn't just go out. You have to like point up. You could do a headshot or a leg shot if it was on the ground. And uh, 
so if you just at the beginning if you just emptied a clip you're just like right what do i do he's still coming i gotta just get away from here um so you didn't feel safe you found it was like such a relief when you found a bit of ammo but yeah i mean but then you're like i i better save this you know it was never like you know i'm gonna use this all great i feel you never felt powerful you always felt vulnerable like you know Yeah, yeah um so yeah just I like I like I say to you when and I think about the scale of this game, like the ambition that they had for something that had never been done like this to get it's so right for it to be so incredible, just takes my breath away. It's like it's like a Mario sixty four, yeah, uh, situation for me. Yeah, absolutely, um, a cult classic and just a groundbreaking game. <clears throat> well, let's get into it then. So as I was saying, it was released in nineteen ninety six by Shinji Mikami, who is now very well known as being the you know the director behind this game behind what a lot of these resident evil games are and it's been a capcom for a long time so he hasn't directed all of them going on but on quite a few he did have some sort of input on it it was his series really before that he worked on disney games no better uh, transition so weird it's such a weird thing to do um so like when they were doing this the first time like there was this weird film this horror film that came out in japan um, and they released a game to kind of tie in with it called Sweet Home. And I believe it's pronounced Sweet Home. <laughs> Very good. Sweet Home. Sorry to our Japanese listeners. <laughs> uh, so that came out in 1989. So this was almost meant to originally be a kind of a recreation of it or uh, a sequel to it. Had a lot of the same stuff of kind of zombies and pre-rendered doors and um, walking around a big mansion and people with lockpicks and stuff. So did keep a lot of that kind of thing but they completely re- remade it rebranded it um in japan it's called biohazard as well mm-hmm. which maybe links a bit more to the kind of story of what's going on you know rather than just resident yeah <laughs> yeah i love the way they kept that for all the other games and after even if it wasn't in the house <laughs> yeah 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 it's great um so as we were saying about it, like a lot of things that made it work really well, the, the graphics were pre-rendered, so the cameras were logged off. Originally, it was going to be a first-person shooter, which made it kind of look like an old-school Doom game or something, you know? Which nice, yeah, yeah. was a very different kind of feel. And, you know, the atmosphere of them going to pre-rendered graphics and also what that meant of, like, the framing of the camera. The fact they could, like, put it, some shot, it's really low down on the ground, you know, and it feels yeah. like a horror film. You know, it's like what is approaching from this angle here and, it, you know, in a tank controls though, which is mixed in with the sudden camera change, did get very difficult sometimes. You're trying to leave the room and you're just running in circles. I love the way you walk into the wall and you keep walking as well. And, yeah. you know, you hold your gun and if you aim it and you turn, it just, like, there's no movement in the feet at all. It's just a complete rotation. <laughs> right. Uh, but like it did, like it was pretty groundbreaking that stuff. The fact that, you know, your aiming was a, you know, affected what you were doing and that it wasn't just bullets just went straight out and hit the target. They didn't have a flat health bar. You know, you could get critical hits and stuff and they don't take their head off. Um, so originally, this is also known for having terrible voice acting. One of the best voice acted games of all time. So the reason this had such bad voice acting is that it was made in Japan. And the voice acting was done by English speakers. It was meant to be set in uh, America with like an American special team that was sent out to investigate the cases. And so they got... The- yeah, I, 
Can I just, I have a lot of clips that we'll play later, but I just wanted to play this once to just give people a quick taster. Yeah, do. Of, uh, okay, so here we go. Here's a, a very quick clip of the terrible voice acting that I love. Don't! Oh, hell. Oh, umbrella. <laughs> what are you talking about? That's brilliant. It adds such a sense of dread. The hell? Umbra. <laughs> yeah, great so, voice acting. I was saying the reason it was so bad is because in Japan in the nineties, without a, in, you know, the early mid nineties, without a huge budget, not there's you know even Japan now is a pretty um, like what's the correct, correct term domestic kind of population. You know, it's not many foreigners there at all. So that was even more so the case in the nineties, and they didn't have a huge budget, so they got the only cheapest. American actors they could get to do the voice acting, which is why it's so bad because they're all pretty shite. You know, I'd say it was just like, "Hey, is anybody speak English natively?" And they were like, "Yeah, okay, we'll read this," and then they were just shite at it. Um, who, who, who would say like this is after that he's been bitten by a giant snake and is dying? Who would say this? Terrible demons! Ouch! Ouch! <laughs> Ouch! Um, I don't know. But you know what's interesting, right? They recorded yeah. Japanese voice acting, but Shinji Mikami says it was so lame they didn't use it. <laughs> yeah. I, I, you know, I've seen people have actually taken, because, you know, there was this was remade on the GameCube and everything. Yeah. And they had new voice acting. But uh, the people have put in mods and stuff, so you still have the original <laughs> in the new one. It, it, it adds so much to it because it's just that's what you remember happening, you know. Um, yeah, yeah. Which was such a which was such a good thing. But I mean, like also, this was mad because this is a PlayStation game where it starts off with like an actual recorded people acting scene running around and they speak, which is crazy. You know, that's not very common in PlayStation games. Yeah, you have great uh, voice acting like this in the intro movie. <laughs> I always have that in my head. I don't know why. <laughs> um, but yeah, so this, like, it, I mean, it, technically, this is a pretty limited game, you know, from the mm. graphics having to, you know, the controls, the door loading and stuff, this act, the voice acting. But it made it so low because it, just, it had so much personality. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I also love the fact that, you know, when you get into the mansion, you're trying to escape the dogs or whatever. And like Wesker's, no don't open that door. It's yeah. like, well, what's in the mansion is far worse than what's outside, you know? Yeah, I was going to say he doesn't know, but he does know. I don't know. <laughs> Hello? Oh, you've frozen on me. That's not good. What? What is this? Hello, everybody. Uh, ridiculously, my power has gone twice since uh, we were recording last, so I think we were slagging off the voice acting. And maybe Shinji Mikami's angry at us and is taking out my power to get back at us first. And when Yusuf says power, he's not talking about the charge in his laptop. He's talking about the electricity in the whole house. Yes. So, you know, and, oh. and the road. There's loads of alar- house alarms going off now. So I don't know what's going on. Uh, yeah. Anyway, so yeah, we were slagging off the voice acting, saying it was really bad. Are we? Yeah. That doesn't sound like something I'd do. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, look, we got a couple of things. A couple of things that they were going to put in this game originally from concept, which they ended up getting rid of. Mm-hmm. Um, one of them, do you remember we talked about this before, was Geyser, or Gelzer, who was going to be one of the party members 
or like or one of the stars team was a large muscular man with a robot eye <laughs> brilliant <laughs> like, no I got yeah yeah you no. know Barry Burton is you know he's yeah. so iconic he's one of the best uh, supporting characters in gaming history so forget you guys are yeah, it's weird. And well, what about Dewey, who was meant to be a comic relief character modeled on Eddie Murphy? <laughs> oh, that would have been awful. <laughs> like, who taught? You know what Resident Evil 1 needs? Some jokes. <laughs> it just reminds me of, like, you know, when you were saying about uh, Miyamoto wanting all the people in GoldenEye to stand up and shake hands after the level was finished. <laughs> it's just so weird, isn't it? Just One of their cultures is just so messed up. <laughs> Some of these like such oddly out of place things. Um, but anyway, of course, they didn't go along with that, which gave it a very different feel. Um, actually, it was, I should say that uh, this came out a couple of times. This was released originally on the PlayStation. A couple of other versions were released, the director's cut and stuff. The GameCube then had a remaster of it that was made, uh, which looked pretty cool. Um, there's also, I think, then later on, it was ported to like the DS, and I had a version of this on the DS, right? And it was on one of those dodgy um, little SD card things that had loads of games on it, I think. Mm-hmm. So it was like a weird fake copy of it, which I had. And I played this game right up till the very end of it, and then there was meant to be an item that just wasn't there that I needed. <laughs> to get by a puzzle. So I never got to finish it on it. And I put hours into it. I was so close to finishing it. And I was just like, I was looking up the guy going, where is, where is the crest I need? I don't understand. And it just, it was never there. Are you sure you, you just didn't get that wrong? You were looking in the wrong area? Like I was looking at videos of it, of people going and picking it up in this area, which I was standing in. And like, it wasn't in my right, okay. nest or anything. So... So when someone was copy-pasting the code, they obviously forgot a line or something. <laughs> I don't know. It was one of those weird ones that had like so many other games on it as well. You know, they they say they've got 144, but it's just 12 games with 12 titles each. <laughs> yeah, repeated. You wouldn't be admitting to doing anything illegal on the show, Yusuf, would you? I mean... I- oh, no, no, no. I, I certainly shouldn't have said anything about it being illegal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's too hot today. Um, yeah. <laughs> So they, they were going to do a Game Boy Color version, which looked completely different. That's terrible. That is, I hate the way they try and make Game Boy versions of these games. Why bother? Seriously. Like, you know, look, you do it later or whatever on, but when they're just like, oh no, it's Resident Evil, but on the Game Boy, it's a different game. It's a completely different game. You know, uh, they canceled that. That didn't come out. But in the remakes, they added in what I think was brilliant, which were the Crimson Skulls. Uh, I thought it was too much for me. I, I, yeah, no. Which, too much. If anybody's only ever played the original, basically, if you didn't headshot the the original zombies you see, if, if you didn't like decapitate them, then um, they came back again called Crimson Skulls, where they were kind of halfway between a zombie and a hunter, where they moved really quickly and they had claws, which when you think you've cleared out the mansion, when you think you're safe, and you run along and you see this zombie get up that you knew you killed before and now he's running at you really fast. It uh, elicits terror. You see, this is why this game works so well because it, it, it always keeps you on your toes. Like it gives you, it gives you a set of rules for a certain part of the game. You're like, okay, enemies yeah. cannot come through doors. 
I'm safe in this way. A safe room is safe. This is safe. That's safe. And like, as soon as it gives you that grounding, that security, it takes it away. Yeah. Like that, that, that FMV of the hunter running through the house with his weird hunter hand opening the door and coming yeah. after you. Like it was terrifying. And like, especially because you see him coming from behind you and you see him going through the door. You've just come through. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it was just, oh, they got the horror in this so well. It's, it's perfect. Brilliant. And like that, that being the first introduction to it as well. Exactly. Um, you should also say that in the in the remake, you could also burn them to stop them from turning into the Crimson Skulls, which added the thing of, I now need to bring a lighter with me everywhere I go, and I need to also keep refilling fuel, just adding to that puzzle element of inventory management being a, sounding like a very boring part of the game, but was actually a really big part of it. This was also the game that introduced me to uh, Beethoven. Really? Oh. Like Sonata. Yes, absolutely. One of the best. I absolutely love that song. It fits that mansion so well as well. Yeah, brilliant. Um, actually, we gonna maybe go into some music now. Unless you've got anything you want to add. Um, well, just to talk quickly about the gameplay elements of it. So you know, you had um, you you play as either Jill Valentine or Chris Redfield. God. Redfield, yeah, God, blank there. Um, and I think nobody ever played as Chris because he was just outlandishly difficult to play as and he had to deal with the annoying Rebecca Chambers. Um, but he had, he had like two less inventory slots. He didn't have a lock pick. He yeah. was just like, oh, like Jill is already just completely, you know, unforgivingly difficult. So like Chris was just another level on top of that. Um, so you had like, you had, you could pick up weapons. Uh, you had to get an ink ribbon to save. You had chests yeah. in the mansion where you could store your items. And like the thing about that, like a modern player couldn't play this game because like, it's like, oh, I'm dead. I have to start from where I, you know, last saved at a typewriter. You know, it was just completely crazy. And you have to be carrying an ink ribbon or there has to be one there or, you know, um, then you and had like the, the, the... The fact that this game had like a hunter, if you were running away from it, which is what you do, <laughs> uh, could decapitate you and kill you in one shot as well. So yeah. having instant death scenarios and a game... <laughs> which has no auto-saving in it that you need to go and have limited amounts of saves. It was, that which added so scary, you know? It made those things continuously scary because you couldn't just go, all right, I died, I'll just try again, you know? Yeah, and then there was instant death things as well. Like if Chris took the shotgun off the wall, he just got crushed and that was it. He was dead, finished. Whereas like Jill, Barry came to save her, but it's just outrageous and... um the uh, the the chest where you could um, store your items and pick them up in another room. You had the whole healing, um, you know, element of it where you picked up herbs and you could mix them, and some would uh, increase the how eff- efficient they were. Others would um, cure your poison, stuff like that. Um, you, you, tremendous enemies. You had lots of puzzles in this game, just yeah. brilliant puzzles, um, very well thought out. At the, and I love that the pre-rendered backgrounds in this game because they were of like a decor of like really old-fashioned, creepy mansion. Mm. Um, you know, like the statues, the lions, and like you know the crests and all this stuff. You know, it fits so well. You had like the crows, you know, like just in that room with all the portraits and they're like up on the wall and you're like, what are they doing there? Are they going to come after me? You know, it was just, everything was so memorable in this game. The layout of the mansion was so memorable. Um, The fact that you never felt safe. Uh, The story, like it was just 
Yeah. It was great, and how how dodgy Wesker was. <laughs> I mean, of course, he's a villain. He's wearing sunglasses and has slick back hair the entire time. Did you ever see in like the lab photo of him? Yeah, I was just going to say that. Yeah, <laughs> he's like wearing his sunglasses and a lab coat indoors. <laughs> it's like meant so to, good, and to be revealing that he was on Umbrella's side all along, and to loads of other scientists, and then like this jacked, you know, special forces guy with sunglasses and a lab coat. So he's still not yeah. a scientist. Like, <laughs> <laughs> in case the graphics weren't good enough to figure out, here he is with his huge sunglasses on. Is that is that who? Oh my God, it's Wesker! <laughs> you know they had to do it because people wouldn't have known it was him otherwise. Yeah, exactly. But his voice acting is like every. Every line out of his mouth is dodgy. Every single line, you know, it just sounds, oh, I, I don't know what I'm doing here. Yeah, <laughs> what no, are you no. doing here? <laughs> um, yeah, but, um, and, you know, the fact that you, you didn't know if the zombies were dead as well. They could grab you when they're on the floor. Yeah. Um, one of the most infamous parts of this game, you remember reading the journals and the Itchy Tasty journal? Yes. Where you're, where you're reading about a guy who's slowly turning into a zombie and he's, he's you know, lusting after flesh and then he comes out of the closet after you you know yeah. it's just um, so well thought out um, you have giant spiders giant snakes tyrants sharks like everything <laughs> yeah exactly yeah the Brilliant. plant living plant as well <laughs> yeah plant 42 who can forget that there was um, there's a, it was unforgivably mad as well which was like I remember so this was definitely in the remake I'm not sure if this was in the original it was in order to get a map of the second floor of the house, you had to start a fire in the fireplace, which heated up the reverse layout of the upper floor of the mansion on a metal plate above it. And then you had to put a bit of wood up against it to like burn the imprint of the map in. It's just like, who invented this? Who laid out the house to be like this? It's just like, exactly. You know, and also this now means the main characters are running around with like a big bit of wood with the map like burnt into it now to know where he's going it's like what and like who who would have put a crushing wall into this mansion as well you know it's just ridiculous they're just like the eccentric owner of the mansion it's like but this shit is mental like some of this stuff nobody's doing it's fantastic um but yeah we're gonna get to the music but before we get to the music um i want to do more voice acting because it's so so good so i've done a couple of mashups here um so i've done yeah a couple of those so let's see um what i got how about going down to check by yourself i have a rope here oh do you well then i'll try to go down using the rope (laughs) this hall is dangerous there must be a back door somewhere what is it blood hope this is not chris's blood (laughs) Um. oh do you I, I love um i love how he's like what what is this how many times he says it and he's like blood and he's like you go there let me investigate this like what is he doing he's not a forensic scientist he doesn't have a lab you know he's not going to check the blood type to see if it does belong to chris or matches dna like he's just it's blood what you've seen now is all you're going to see barry it's like you know what he's done is as parts of this police force he's realized there's some fresh blood in the ground we should probably split up. You go in there and I'll stay here looking at the blood. Exactly. Why? <laughs> and he'll stay there infinitely, just nodding his head, looking at the ground. Um, <laughs> here's a, here's a number two, mashup. Jill, 
You're here, too. Yes, you're here, too? You saved me. Yeah. That was close. Thanks, Barry. Don't mention it. What a monster. <laughs> I can't believe... What the hell is this place, anyway? <laughs> I can't believe... What the hell is this place? <laughs> <laughs> oh, fantastic. Great. Okay, uh, clip number three. I found something. What is it? It's a weapon. It's really powerful, especially against living things. Better take it with you. But how about <laughs> you, Barry? I have this. But just take a look at this. <laughs> It's forest. Oh my god. It's awful. I'm going to find out what caused Forrest's death. It looks like he was killed by a crow or something. What is this all about? I can't figure it out at all. Here's a lockpick. It might be handy if you, the master of unlocking, take it with you. This house is dangerous. There are terrible demons. Ouch! You're wounded! What kind of demon attacked you? It was a huge snake and also poisonous. Would you like to see? <laughs> Come with me. I'm sorry for my lack of manners, but I'm not used to escorting men. That was too close. You were almost a jill sandwich. <laughs> it is. Oh god, it's just it's absolutely brilliant. <laughs> Like so many, what does he mean by demon? He knows it's a snake. <laughs> There's so many excellent lines that it's a snake and it's poisonous. It's like, yes, like most snakes are. And then what, what was the other one? It's really powerful, especially against living things. Yeah. Well, I was going to shoot dead things, but, yeah. uh, you know. <laughs> I don't get, like, also, like, understanding, like, the, the lore of it. I don't know what he means by that. Like, <laughs> what does he mean? <laughs> you know because they're all undead kind of but they're all, are also all alive like what it's like just take a look at this <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's like that one is like it's like comedy timing and now he's talking there brilliant okay don't have much more so here we go what is this wow what a mansion Captain Wesker, where's Chris? Stop it. Don't open that door. But Chris is. What is it? Maybe it's Chris. Now, Jill, can you go? I'm going with you. Chris is our old partner, you know. Okay, let me handle this. <laughs> I love the way this guy, uh, clearly a seasoned veteran, uh, doesn't know what a gunshot is. What? What is this? But also, like, let me handle this. Handle what? <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> exactly. God. Okay. Um, is that all I have? I think it is. Uh, what's your... What? What is this? What is it? Blood. Nah, yeah, yeah, we've seen all that. Yeah. Okay. So, um, as we we just heard, absolutely magnificent voice acting. Now, listen, Yusuf. Before I get to the, to uh, the music, well, first of all, as you know, um, I I 
So what I was going to say to you is if you were to uh, have played this game and you'd look at the the um, the credits, yeah. you would see that the composer was Mamoru Samuragochi. Yeah? Well... You know that. Only, exactly. He was only the, the composer on the director's cut DualShock version. Yes, yes. So go on, go on. You tell the story. Well... I I don't like I don't really understand the ins and outs of it, but basically, someone wrote the music he claimed to write for eighteen years or something like that because he claimed that he was going deaf or he was deaf. No, hold on a minute. He claimed that he was deaf anyway, and he was writing music like, and he was called the digital Beethoven because, you know, he was able to write music even though he was deaf. Turns out he wasn't deaf, and he was also getting a teacher uh, to do the music for him yeah. and claimed it as his own. But I mean, was Capcom aware of this? I I, I have no idea. No, um, this is so. Like the thing it, was like it was only after eighteen years when they were and like Mamorusa Samuraguchi wrote like an opera like about Hiroshima or something and or not an opera, sorry, a concert and um, it, but it was actually written by Takashi uh, Nigaki and he did this for eighteen years and it only came out when uh, they believed Samuraguchi the not deaf in any way man um, had written something for the Olympics for the, I think Japanese uh, skaters to come out to like a, a, a thing for them to be choreographed to. And then uh, Takashi uh, Nigaki said, no, actually it was me. I've been writing all of his music for 18 years. He's not deaf and he's never written anything. And then since then, uh, Nigaki then actually went on and like wrote like the follow-up to what was originally his uh like concert and everything like how I, I don't understand how that dynamic worked like i mean how did he first of all get a job as a composer and when he did like i mean how did, did he just give this guy all of his salary did the guy just write the music for him like how that like i just don't get it i don't know because it, it almost seems like you know um the guy who actually wrote the music didn't no, like you know, he knew clearly what he was doing. He was writing, and and he and the other guy was taking credit for it. But the fact that he then came by, like he wasn't sort of disgraced, but Mamoru was. So I don't know how it went on like for such a long way like this. Because I mean, uh, Samuraguchi did it to get uh, the fame of it to kind of you know build a bit of publicity of himself that he was deaf. I find this very funny. This was a line in, in uh, June 2013, a reporter from the magazine Era interviewed Samuragochi at his apartment in Yokohama, but noticed a number of inconsistencies in his deafness <laughs> statements, including his ability to respond to questions before the sign language interpreter had finished <laughs> and, and standing up to answer a doorbell when it rang. <laughs> 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 that's what Momer Simpson would do you know <laughs> it's like you're meant to be deaf alright I mean what <laughs> <laughs> my name is Mr Burns I believe you have a package for me <laughs> first name uh, Mr Burns I don't know um, <laughs> okay so I'm going to play a few songs now from Not Him um, so this one is uh, this one is Wesker is found.
and it goes on like this. Um, but that's just, uh, <laughs> you know, not much going on there, but I think it gives you an idea of the eeriness. So this yeah. is the famous song that everyone knows, the first floor mansion song that's just, yeah, paints the, the picture perfectly. creepy isn't it it's just a sense of a creeping dread as well you know yeah it's getting yeah. scarier even though if you're sitting in that mansion nothing's happening yeah yeah it's just, just terrifying um so this is the uh guardhouse basement It's just so creepy when you're expecting a spider around the corner or something to come at you, you know? I mean, the thing is, like, you wanted to, because you couldn't see anything around the corner, you didn't want the music to kind of overtake. It was just subtly in the background. And then you could hear something shuffling, you know? So it it, it does, it suits it so well. Yeah. So this is the infamous song that everyone knows probably best. It's the same save room theme, which uh, basically kind of lulls you into a moment of serenity and safety whilst also giving you the, the idea that as soon as you leave this room, <laughs> you're screwed. So uh, uh, there always seem to be uh, nice songs in the save room um, areas in Resident Evil games. Even as a background element of like aquatic ambience from uh, Donkey Kong, almost. Yes, it does. And I think one thing was, especially in the original one where they had the doors that was loading, you did know if you were in a new part, if what was going to be in the save room, and it wasn't always evident. So just opening the door and hearing that music was just relief, you know? Yeah, yeah, it was great. Um, Okay, so that's all I have. Um, do we get to the quiz? I would like to play you something, Mr. Oh, yeah? Scientist. Go for uh, it. So, as I was, we were talking about the not actually deaf, but pretending he was deaf man. So he only wrote the music on a re-released version of it, which was the uh, director's cut. 
It's terrible. It's unbelievable. This song. So Go this on. song went a bit, became a bit of a meme a couple of years ago. So this is the base <laughs> music. So I'm just gonna play it. Oh my god. <laughs> oh like that is oh Jesus. Honestly, that's unbelievable. But you know what the weird thing is, right? When people heard that and people went looking into it, they would then go, This was written by Samaraguchi, who was deaf. And then they were like, <laughs> Okay, not to be mean, but that sounds like it was a joke written. That sounds like it was written by somebody who was deaf. And then they found out, oh, he didn't actually write the music to it. And then it's like, oh, okay, so this is written by somebody who's pretending he's a composer, but he isn't. But the thing is, no, this is actually written by a proper composer who wrote all the other successful music. Then why was this so bad? That's like, you know, entering an archery competition and you're so bad at it that you say you're blind so that people will, <laughs> you know, say, ah, oh, but look, he's blind. Like, you know, we'll give him an award anyway. Yeah. You know, it's just I, like that. I. I mean, maybe I could just say I'm a solicitor in that case. You know, just say it and see how far it goes. You know, if you can make a living out of it for 18 years or however long you did it, you know, it's just incredible. I mean, that's the only thing that was that was objectively terrible. You know what I mean? But um, it's it's so it's such a weird, weird track that he put into it. Uh, But like that was in the game. You know, (sighs) yeah, I did. Yeah, I just don't get it. It just doesn't suit anything at all. It's like a, a four-year-old messing around on one of those toys that you get. Yeah. You know, like there's no rhythm. There's no there's no nothing to it. Like, you know, like the quality is terrible. There's no drums. It's just the same note over and over again, for God's sake. <laughs> I just like, okay. the starting trumpet bit or whatever it is, it's just like, that's wrong straight away. It started off, yeah. you just started it, it, it reminds me of, did you ever see those YouTube videos of people playing like the, the MGM lion song on like a kazoo or something? Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah. All right. <laughs> okay, so. Uh, Little Richard's atrocity. One. That's funny every time. So what you rate this? So I'm going to rate this in... I'm going to give this and the remake. I'm going to look at them as two different games, right? Because they play very differently. I'm going to give them both a nine. Okay. Yeah. uh, If you want to play the original, you might find it quite difficult. The remake does a really good job and they've actually remastered the remake as well. So you can get that on more recent consoles. Um, It's it's like, it's fun. It's challenging. Um, it has that kind of feeling of like, oh God, someone's going to get me and you run away. It, it doesn't play like the other ones. Um, it's a really, really good game. How about you? Yeah. 9.1, easily. It's a very good game. Really classic. Yeah. No, actually, you know, I'm going to give it a 9.3 because of what it was for its time. It deserves it. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, it's a pretty big game. This is still um, quite... Uh, it's quite famous for um, what do you call it? Speedrunners, and this is a game which people still play again and again and again. 
um, to just keep trying to just increase it bit by bit and get better for it because there's something about these games. There's some sort of really enjoyable replayability about them, which is, it's, they're great. Yeah. Actually, we're all over the place with the power cuts. We forgot this part. There wasn't many bad reviews of this game, surprisingly. Oh, my. Yeah. I only had two, and they're, they're not that, you know. Okay, so first one is from Minato Namakazi, mm-hmm. 3rd of January 2015. Zero out of ten. The game is not even scary. He's wrong. He's so wrong. And it should not belong in the survival horror genre. (sighs) I know. I should point out the term survival horror comes from Resident Evil. It was written on the original Japanese box. It literally started it. Yep. I don't know why most people are praising Mikami. He's not even an good at making survival horror games. Plus the game, that's very bad graphic. Poor voice acting. Well, Not wrong there. <laughs> not wrong there. Poor dialogue. Yeah. yeah. If you're looking for a better survival horror, play Silent Hill, Fatal Frame, or Dead Space. Never even heard of Fatal Frame. Anyway. Uh Raise A, May 5th, 2009, 6 out of 10. Graphics were sucky, but I understand that this is an old game, so I learned to look past that and try to cherish when what other people enjoy out of the game. However, the character voices were so gay. <laughs> they should have used subtitles. Also, the difficulty was too extreme. I played the director's cut, which allowed me to receive double the amount of whatever items I picked up, such as ammo, ink ribbons, etc. And I still had trouble. I like to play video games to relax and have fun, not bite my teeth and chuck my controller. <laughs> Why are you playing this game then? Don't like you know. Don't buy a horror game. <laughs> yeah. So anyway. Like, I went to go see The uh, Exorcist and I didn't laugh once. I, I want to enjoy my films. <laughs> exactly. That's basically the review there. Okay, so... Test your might. My God, are you still talking? <laughs> I have to agree with you there, Hank. I have to agree with you. Okay. I'm quietly confident so question. this because I've, I've recently mm-hmm. played some Resident Evil games. I'd say you are. Uh, this is the easiest question. What does stars stand for? God damn it. <laughs> Special tactical armed response squad. Oh. No. Special tactics and rescue service. That's pretty close. It's close. No, no. Close means nothing. All right. Um, <clears throat> if you remember at the start of this game question number two by the way um, you get to choose between Jill and Chris mm-hmm. it shows you their ID cards what's uh, Jill's ID number <laughs> come on <laughs> how many digits is it four <laughs> for fuck's sake 
0126. You got two digits right. No, 0823. <laughs> okay, what is uh, question number three? What is Forrest's surname? Oh, Forrest Whitaker. Whitaker. <laughs> no, sorry. It's a uh, spare. Oh, right. I was never getting that. Yeah. All right. So you'll receive a nice bonus when the work is done. Okay. Ready for the bonus question? Well, this is one going to be about actual viruses or something. <laughs> yeah, you'll get this one wrong. Sorry. Yeah. Um, porcelain is a ceramic material made by heating materials, <laughs> generally including a material like kaolin in a kiln. What temperature does it need to be heated to use? <laughs> uh, I'll take Celsius or Fahrenheit. So 1800 degrees Celsius. No, that was wrong in cases of both Celsius and Fahrenheit, I'm afraid. It's between 1,200 and 1,400 Celsius and at 2,200 and 2,600 Fahrenheit. God damn it. Or Fahrenheit, as some Irish people would say. So, God damn it. Yeah, so sorry. Again, you don't... You steam a good ham. Yeah, you don't steam a good ham. So sorry about you. But you did make a good ham for Christmas, actually. I might need to change that. Uh, I do. Little audio clip. Yeah. You do. So listen, um, thanks everyone as always. Um, we love all of you, especially mm-hmm. you, Teresa. Um, thank you for listening. Really appreciate that. And um, thank you for voting. Uh, voting, is that even a thing? Rating, listening, sharing, Touching, licking, tasting the television set. (laughs) So uh, we appreciate it. We hope you love Resident Evil also and uh, you play it. Um, Hope you're doing well during the lockdown. It's been shit. It's been shit for all of us. Do little things around your own house, you know, things to lift your mood. Do a bit of painting, tiling, you know, fix that old shed in your back you've always wanted to. Do stuff like that because you're in your house, you're around your house, you're inside your house. Uh, make it, you know, make it as enjoyable as you can as long as you're there. And may God help us all. <laughs> right. Um, do you have any more verbs of things people can do around their house, maybe? <laughs> no, you 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 tell us what, you know, you, you can uh, sign off here. So look, yeah, if you want to get in touch with us, we would really appreciate that. You can do it on press the action button pod at gmail.com. Um, thank you for everybody who's listened. We were sorry about the delay and thank you for people who came back and listened over the uh, the break. Uh, and hopefully this all sounds good with the uh, power cutting problems we were having. Um, yeah, so we're really happy to do this. If you are bored, I recommend playing some of the games I've played recently because they're absolutely brilliant. Give them a go. Actually... you a question we actually do have a question in and i swear to god this actually didn't come into the junk folder so jessica i don't know if you are a real listener or if you are just you know a fraudulator or whatever they call you um 
but she sent an email and she says, Hi, Ola Paso Falar Com Voke Agora, which I guess is in Spanish. Right. And the second line is, Hello, comma, can I talk to you now? So I, I'm not sure, Jessica, if you're real or not real, but if you're real, of course you can talk to us. Uh, the purpose of the email address is to send a question or comment. We can't talk through an email, unfortunately. Um, but you, maybe you can leave a voice clip. I will be scanning it with my antivirus software before I listen to it, though. Um, but if you'd like to just maybe transcribe what you were going to say in the clip in the email, I'll read it out on the next episode. Okay. Did you reply back to, to Jessica? I didn't because if she's listening, I want her to respond to me again. So okay. Jessica, Jessica, let us know. Well, thank you, Jessica. Really appreciate that. Um, and we appreciate everybody who has listened and downloaded all over the world. Um, particularly for some reason, people in Russia and Japan, thank you so much. That's so weird, but you know, it's so, don't know how you heard about us, but thank you so much for taking the time to listen. And for everybody all over, um, and we'll be back again soon with more video games. Yes. Goodbye, everyone. Goodbye. Mm.